0: Welcome everybody to Charting Change in Legal, our year-end edition. I'm Ari Kaplan, an analyst that covers legal, and I'm honored to be here today with my friend, Caroline Hill.
1: Yeah, well, hi there. I'm Caroline Hill, editor in chief of Legal Lighting Insider, and that was Ari's rendition of Jingle Bells. We talked last week about the fact that we're both practicing the guitar. We were both going to play, but Ari's actually delivered. Although I have to tell you, Ari, when you listen back, it was quite faint. <laughs> oh no! It was a really, it was a really barely perceptible Jingle Bells. But it's the effort, right? It's the effort.
0: It goes. is the effort. I'm actually on week. I think it's forty-six. 46- consecutive week on simply guitar an app which i'm happy to promote because it has prompted me to play guitar for almost a year straight uh every single week there. and i think that's a good lead into our discussion just about you know not just reflections but the things that people did and the things that they want to do in terms of sort ch- of ch- tracking where we are and i'll just i'll just say that. Uh, by way of kind of context, I hosted a round table yesterday of 15 CEOs in legal tech and legal services. And one of the questions I asked was, where have you seen opportunities in the past year? And what are you looking forward to? I also said, you know, what challenges do you feel like you need to address? And uh, we had just a wonderfully generous conversation and it was it was really inspiring. Were
1: there, so what was, were the sort of key, Points that they came up with in terms of the challenges to start with you know uh,
0: one of the i thought one of the themes and maybe it's just me and maybe it's just how i interpret things but i felt like there was a tremendous level of optimism on the call because every year i've done this and i started doing it in 2020 in 2020 i did several 2021 i did also several but fewer 2022 i only did one at the end of the year and this year i've only done one i'm really going to Actually, I was going to say I'm really going to try, but I find that really annoying. So I'm going to host these quarterly in 2024 as a means of capturing these perspectives at different intervals in the year. But last year, people were concerned about the economy, and I think we saw that. I think globally we saw a a bit of a pause. We saw lower – a lower level of investment. We saw people taking a little bit longer to make decisions. We saw reallocations of budgets rather than additions to budgets. And I think all of that played out. So the fact that so many folks were optimistic and not as concerned about the economy specifically was uh, certainly very positive.
1: That's really positive. These were all legal tech vendor CEOs, were they? that's correct
0: nobody from law firms Uh, but as i think about how this might expand i am trying to figure out a way to you know i've 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 had for example only australian ceos on one of my calls because the time difference made it makes it difficult for, for them to join but when i had the whole Have the call at you know eleven o'clock at night or something? They can do so, and it was great, and it was super interesting. So, uh, I wonder if there, you know, it'll make sense to do law firm CEOs, and actually not. So I'm being very specific there, not necessarily managing partners, but the business leaders of law firms. Mm. So Mm. you could you could have a CEO or a COO or an executive director. Firms call these individuals different things, but they're all dynamic leaders, and they will have. you know, perspectives on the business aspects of practice. So you make a good point. Thank you for inspiring me.
1: (laughs) I try. I try. Apart from we're not allowed to use the word I try. I do. I do inspire you, Ari. (laughs) you can use it, I'm not suggesting.
0: so you can imagine being married to me. My wife is a lawyer. we run a lot together, and she's always telling me a story about something in court. You know something interesting that she thinks is wildly fascinating, but at five thirty in the morning with a headlamp and the freezing cold in the dark, it's not particularly that interesting so i'll then i'll will tell a story, and I was telling her a story yesterday about changing my calendly. one of my goals is to not be late for a meeting, but since everything is always back to back, I'm always telling somebody, thank you so much for your patience. Cause I've shown up at two minutes after the hour. And I told her I had this epiphany. I'm going to do 15 minute, you know, intervals between buffer time between my call. She's like, this is your interesting story. This is, (laughs) this is what you're so excited to tell me. Uh, Is this more interesting than you watching a video about how to rearrange your whiteboard? She's like, I think that uh, we, you know, we have finished with our interesting conversation for the day. It was very. fun. She knows me quite well, but it was it was it was hilarious. I'm
1: interested. I, I'm interested. Thank you. Thank you very cool. much. Thank I, you. Ari, I always am impressed by your attention to detail. You know, <laughs> we talked about your time sheets. We talked about I, the way that you I, oh your gosh. life, We talked about the fact that you're all about consistency. You do your lunch every day. Uh, I'm learning from you all the time. That's charting brings-
0: change in Ari's life.
1: That's we, right?
0: We've moved totally. End of the year. That's what we're doing. We're reflecting. Let Tell me about your problems <laughs> and how we can solve them. I'll change the tone of my voice. We'll become like oh, an NPR show. I need
1: to get, Hi, Caroline. I need to get a not squeaky. <laughs>
0: <laughs> tell me. How has the year been? What would you change?
1: So going back to your point about C, the C C suite, right? So I hosted this. I, we've talked a little, I think, about this meeting that I hosted, which was uh, about thirty CIOs, and then but there was a COO there. He's actually quoted in this report that came out this week. He's the COO of DAC Beachcroft, which is one of the big UK top fifty law firms, and um, it was interesting actually because he did have a different perspective, and he he. Obviously the others are very te- techy. you know, a lot of them were CIOs, IT directors. He he was one of the first people that pointed out to me that, or pointed out in a group forum that clients are going to become competitors, you know, because he's obviously, they analyse in a much broader sense and look much, do much more future gazing, which I think is really important. I think more more firms, we talked about this last week when I was telling you that I had Richard Siskind, um, he's out in the orange rag that came out on Wednesday this week. Um, I shouldn't say time, should I, because that makes it <laughs> I need to get. <laughs> I need to stop anchoring it. But anyway, so I did an interview recently with Richard um, and he uh, was talking about firms need to feature gaze. And I think the COOs, you know, those conversations with the COOs and, and the executives, probably they they do do more of that than perhaps the IT director. Although obviously the IT director, CIO needs to be very much involved in that conversation. And I think I think they, they increasingly are. That's that's sort of the sense that I'm getting.
0: Someone made the most interesting comment yesterday on the roundtable, and they said, going forward, and even now, there's a bit of a competition between FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt, and FOMO, right? the fear of missing out, in terms of generative AI and in terms of a lot of different initiatives. And it was a really interesting contrast and an observation that I think is very telling about what we're experiencing now. You know, How do we balance the idea of being afraid of something new that might be super transformative? We're not actually aware of the implications. And then what if we don't get in on time? What if we don't figure it out early enough? And so your point about uh, competition coming from directions that we have not yet anticipated is a good one. And it's an important one. And I, I don't think it's changed. I just think we're all of a sudden now starting to – contemplate all of these different areas of challenge as opposed to just the ones that are obvious
1: yeah and i think i think active contemplation the most successful firms i think are doing active contemplation whether they take the dive or not you know they' and they're well, also create creating space where they can do it safely but they you know they're not just sitting there they're not doing one of two things so firms are really good at either doing nothing and just thinking right well we'll wait and see what other people do or they can i think the legal sector as a whole they're quite bad at you know oh we'll, we'll just do this and that's what's going to happen you know <laughs> without too much engagement and feedback that you see in others this is something that Richard richard's just said as well that like he said in the medical profession you get You know, you're very you've got these peer reviews and you've got these processes which are really tried and tested when you've got a new idea or concept in the medical profession. They're really used to they've got all sorts of processes and trials and ways of testing it. And they don't just go, hey, we've got this.
0: (laughs) All right. (laughs) Throw a bunch of our private documents into this thing. No worries.
1: Yeah, have this. Let's see what happens. And whereas even with legal reform, sometimes I, I think very much so in the UK. I haven't really thought about it in the US context, but I'm sure it's the same. You, you know, you have very senior, you know, brilliant people who, who are leading reform and, and there is consultation, obviously. You know, there, I, I don't think we've ever had reform where just, someone's just gone, oh, let's do this. But he was saying that, you know, with 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 all change, you know, and, and around a lot of the changes that we've seen this year, very much it's about that that sort of review, you know, the agility. He didn't use the word agility, but, you know, the kind of active contemplation and and conversation and, and throwing around ideas and testing it with your clients and talking to your clients, not just going, Hey, (laughs) I see that much more with vendors this year. Like they, they used to years ago when I first started writing in 2014, they did launch products, which the clients hadn't been involved in. Disco was funnily enough. One of the earliest ones I spoke to that had really active involvement from clients and real, you know, the what you see outside of legal in terms of the testing and the, um, And this year, we've seen that much more, I think, with vendors, you know, like sort of actively working with law firms and getting their input. And I know know that's been a trend that's been happening for a while, but I think it's definitely something good to see.
0: I have often recommended that practitioners, legal professionals ask to be part of those discussions. There's a time commitment and a, a need to be available to provide feedback, to be involved in that process. But there are just so many benefits both for the individual and for the organization. Obviously, the company that's developing whatever tool or process gets tremendous insight, but the individual gets lots of exposure, the ability to talk to others. I always ask, and that's maybe something that folks who are listening should, should be thinking about, but at the, this time of year, I always ask, and I always suggest that organizations ask, and this kind of came up in the roundtable discussion because I was talking to only the CEOs of these organizations, is you know basically, did you do what you set out to do this year? at least, at least to some degree, you may not have succeeded to the level that you had hoped you're, you may not have met complete projections, but did you essentially do what you said you were going to do? And also, did you try something new sort of not, not quite, you know, did you do something that scares you? You know, people say that about your, your, yourself in terms of living your life. And I'm not in any way giving anybody advice on living their life. We all live in a glass house. Um, But I, I do think that, um, you know, those are just questions that I often ask myself. And I think I got the sense that people are asking themselves that, and it's hard to answer no to the second. Just because so many new things came out, so it's hard not to try something new this year. I know that you recently had uh, a conference on on right. Oh. Tell me, tell us about that. I'd love to hear it because I'm a I'm a public speaker, and honestly, like I have a mo- a method of preparing, but there's no question that. Before I get up in front of a giant audience of people, I, I I'm happy to share what I do, but I te- yeah. definitely go through something to make make myself feel more comfortable, and it works. But it's it's certainly you know always well, a challenge no matter how experienced you are.
1: Should we come back, or do you want to tell us what you do? Because I'd be interested to hear.
0: Oh, you know, I have a I have a method. I I, I basically when I get on stage to do anything, I usually ask people a question. So that yeah. I get them moving, right? I get, I get this And then I almost always use that question as a lead into a story about something that makes me happy or smile or remember something. It's you know, yeah. it's often about. Actually, I was going to say it's often about my family because that's what always makes me comfortable and smile. Uh, but sometimes just about an experience that I had that was meaningful. But that process of knowing that there's a, I'm going to ask people to raise their hand and I'll maybe raise my hand, and get people moving. And you just sort of look into people's eyes and then yeah. I will also tell this story. I, I if I have time and if there's a, a, the opportunity to do so, I will also, before starting, I get there early and I try to introduce myself to as many people in the audience as I can, yeah. have a bit of a conversation. And frequently I will spot them, try, if I can't, remember their name. Yeah. And then it's I me, see you looking me. at me, Caroline. You know, know and, but... and there's something about that that, that makes it, it feel like I have friends uh... in the audience all of a sudden.
1: Do you know what I think? I realised suddenly. Maybe people aren't clear. Like because this conference, I'm not sure. Did we say that it's? T- we, we, I, I was. We were coaching. I was coaching people to speak in public. Right. This is how come with, <laughs> I'm not sure. Perhaps I was clear. But so. Um. And it, but it, in this case, it was for women. We talked about it before it happened, but um, now it's happened, and it was unbelievable. It was very emotional, actually. So we had um a training. I had a tra- training partner called Sarah Lloyd Hughes, who is absolutely brilliant um from ginger communications ginger leadership communications and she is different to i there were lots of people in the room who had done various public speaking type things and they said it was nothing like that i haven't really done i i learned to speak through a kind of baptism of fire like i was taught to first when i first spoke in public someone said right you have to memorize you have to write your speech down and then you have to learn it by rote and i was absolutely terrified but the best bit of advice they gave was to breathe into your stomach like it's a balloon you know and that really that did help the the memorizing it completely was not really that helpful i don't yeah. think so. but um smiling
0: then, sometimes they say smile sometimes yeah. i'm working out yeah. and i'll listen to like somebody on the peloton and she'll say yeah. you know smile at this moment like you're in like dire pain and they're like uh, smile <laughs> and, and i'm like i'm like
1: <laughs> <laughs> i have to say i do what you do so when i speak i always it's just about filling it's almost like if you put it in scientific terms you know when you break the tension of something right when you touch the water right you're if you've got this sort of like Almost like the, you view the air as like the tension, and by putting your words into the into the air, you break that tension, right? And you just get you just hear your voice. It doesn't matter what what you say. Just hi everyone, you know, blah 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 blah. And then as soon as words start coming out of your mouth, and the first thing that I say is never the important thing. I think you and I agree on this. You know, it's not the thing that I'm going to say. It's like just to get you know get engagement. And um, but so these women from the say gap. Um, they came from all over the place like all over the country some some came from abroad some one came from germany one came from jersey um in the channel islands um and like some were tech some were, was a managing partner of a of a law firm it was so good and um and it was very emotional so they taught they taught me as well you know this i really enjoyed it and took part Um, to to find a topic because ted obviously dispersed with this idea of just a really long boring talk with loads of bullet points you don't use notes that ted's an hour this was not an hour this is just a few minutes but so you 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 find a a talk that's really worth doing you know that that's something that you really want to convey and then she it was very visual the training was like how you get from a which is the point that you're saying you don't want to be in, to b which is where you're trying to persuade people that they really want to be in burning the platform and getting it's all visual everyone was like moving around and it was mm. a very mobile day and then culminating in um and how to sift your ideas and get rid of the ones that aren't interesting and really focus on you know being very um drawing people in and I, I found that really useful because sometimes when i'm putting together a talk i will just like bung and whole loads of slides together so it's going to really think about where you're going and and like encapsulating all of it in a really pithy way and um and then finally delivering the talk where some people deliv- did it to their their partners and then some people got on stage um and i wow. have to say the talks were very like a lot of the talks whether it was hearing them we moved he- we heard moved around the room the whole time hearing different people's talks a lot of it was very personal so people who have been struggling at work they had an idea for what they'd like to change so for example um Oh, I don't even know if I can say what, but so, um, you know, problems that they're having at work where they feel like they might need a, a, not a professional mentor at work, but like a personal mentor. Cause when you come in and you know, you, you can't leave your problems behind necessarily. You don't want to, you know, burden your, your, your uh, colleagues, but you do need something. So there was one idea and they were talking very much about what their experience. Anyway, People did amazing talks and then and then the feedback I have to say, I was quite overwhelmed because I got all this feedback saying, "Thank you so much. It's made such a difference to me. I'm now going to take my idea forward and you know, and I have to say it was this we did it on a Friday <laughs> and then we had some drinks in the evening, and then Saturday morning, I was reading through all this feedback, just crying <laughs> it was so overwhelming it was it was amazing, I didn't expect it. I thought it was going to be good, and i I knew it would help, but I was you know when you're just a bit overwhelmed by how personal it was I thought it was going to be you know everyone would learn to have a bit more confidence but actually it was it was lovely you know it really helped people with some personal issues that they were facing which was the unexpected thing
0: wow that sounds like a powerful exercise in vulnerability like accepting and then embracing and also working with working for what you want with who you are and I, I think that's a wonderful exercise that you've you've uh, you know and the feedback, inspired
1: the, just in terms of sharing for anybody listening and our four listeners um the the feet i think i
0: think we lost one after i started playing <laughs> guitar i don't
1: <laughs> the, the feedback so people were bouncing ideas off each other the whole time and it's like you know we so often either keep stuff in our head or we're worried about being criticized and and sarah who's leading the training was saying you know if you ask for feedback that's something quite different like often we don't want to be given feedback if we don't ask for it right sometimes we don't have a choice but actually if you ask for feedback on things you know that can be so helpful if you bounce i know that some people do some people have stand up some people but just you know it it was just for a lot of people it really um gave them ideas as to how to improve things in the workplace
0: Hmm. So what's next? Now, one of the things that came up on my CEO roundtable was this need going forward to follow through on a new initiative that people may have been trying things and testing things, but rather than revert back to whatever they were doing or however they were doing it, how do you push forward and really create some type of transformation? And so what's what's the next step is there some follow up in terms of helping people get a speaking engagement of some
1: kind Oh, that's a shout actually yeah people <clears throat> excuse me people we the plan was to do it annually but people were really excited and, and wanted to think about other was we uh, we haven't actually haven't had our follow up meeting yet because everybody went on holiday <laughs> so we're going to speak to no today's friday we're going to speak next week um but yeah it would be great to you're right to have some kind of like even smaller action points coming out. That, Maybe you know, there's
0: a virtual module. I mean, you know, I, 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 it's taken me a very long time on our discussion today to mention this, but, you know, I host the virtual lunch every week <laughs> at noon Eastern. But I just sometimes I feel like I'm just workshopping my life on the virtual lunch. You know, I'll mention something. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to try this calendar. Oh, that sounds amazing calendar. And I'm just thinking, thank you so much. I was completely mocked last night about the calendar thing. I thought it was a great thing that I was going to do. And they were like, well, tell us more about the whiteboard. And so I just <laughs> I think sometimes if a virtual community can be a great substitute, <sighs> and then when you meet annually, there's this really strong connection. But uh, I love the, I love the what what that what you're talking about just in terms of the emotional aspects of
1: I was a speaking. I was a mess I was a mess like and um honestly I mean you ask anybody who went it was. I think but yeah it was very it was really powerful so we'll definitely do it next year um but yeah whether we can I mean the only thing I'd say and this is something that we would I've talked about recently in fact yesterday I was having this conversation about Zoom or Teams and just how we do it naturally now like there's no not even any question that we, you know and it's great but at, but still there's so much difference in communicating face to face right like it's just when you when we meet at conferences i don't mean you and i necessarily we do do virtual really well but like with a lot of people when you meet you have chats but then when you meet them at conferences those chats are really different you you know they they tend to open up about more stuff in person i find
0: yeah i i don't know if i can handle sometimes i'm like oh no i'm gonna say the wrong thing someone just starts gets emotional with me and i'm just like oh my gosh, what? I can't make a joke here. What am I supposed to do here? I want to be empathetic and I don't know what to do. So the leave button is really everyone's friend when they're talking. They're just like, oh, this guy's got a leave button. This is amazing. He's finished with the conversation now. So, but you're absolutely right. Seeing people in person is <laughs> like catch your breath with the laughter. <laughs> but I just, I just, I just think that as we're thinking about what comes next I Mm. I mean I'm a big believer in reflection right I I keep a journal that I've kept for 28 years once a year around years and I like really think about what I'm gonna write and what I said I was gonna do and what I want to do and you know things like that and I think that there's a a, we're kind of at a I don't know I want I don't want to exaggerate where we are but you know something of a watershed like i feel like and that that did come up from a lot of these leaders so it's not just something i'm making up there was mm. this this perception that l- the legal field itself is moving into if it not more mainstream but a, an area that is poised for if if for example the economy is not as much of a concern to as many people. I'm sure it's it's still a concern. Lots of my peers seem to be, you know, contemplating or or in the process of changing their careers. So I I'm not suggesting that things are uh, you know it's utopia, but a lot of folks were talking about this. In fact, I was driving to swimming this morning, and there was a story on NPR with the I think he was the head of AI at Yale Law School talking about. I think it was, I forget, I want to say it was Wisconsin, but it was, you know, a brief was submitted that had exaggerated cases again through ChatGPT or something. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just randomly turning on the radio and NPR and I hear this discussion of legal and AI and mm-hmm. you realize, wow, a lot of these issues are are being considered by many more people than just our circle mm-hmm. within our industry. And mm-hmm. so I I just feel like there's a moment here,
1: yeah. maybe, you know, right. I get I get all kinds of news flash up on, on my screen, you know, um, and UK tech news constantly. The, like the other day, it was um, judges have been given guidance on how they can use AI. Um, there's so much, you know, it's 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 relevant, you know, it's, yeah, watershed is a really good word. Um, it's a watershed moment. And I think that, you know, there's so many more eyes on on legal and how they're using AI Um but I think um, I, I mean I won't, won't go on about it again. But Siskin's observation, I'm excited about his points about access to justice, right? Like so, that's where he's always come at this. And you know, um, I think hopefully if we can do, people can really t- start to run with this. Like, he, he he always reminds it's it's quite humbling, you know. He always reminds about the huge uh, lack of um, access to justice that most people have, right? And and. And, you know, AI would be really interesting from that perspective to see what new providers or new opportunities there are to start helping people more. Um, Because I think this is is a watershed moment from that perspective as well, potentially.
0: I'm always fascinated by where he is in the moment. Right. He came out with End of Lawyers. I think it was 2009 when he gave his keynote at the ABA Tech Show. And then online courts came out like right before the pandemic. So frankly, I think he's been spot on. And I think all of what's happening now really validates what he's been talking about for decades. And so, you know, I've been writing about legal tech since the late nineties, but still he's been writing about it for, you know, was writing about decades before that. And I just think that it's a very interesting moment to see all of these things come to fruition, but also the things that we're, We can't even contemplate when I think when I think about what my kids or your kids could be doing as a career. I I always say I have a feeling you're going to be doing something that doesn't exist yet. And I think there's a lot of that in legal. And so just anytime people are feeling like, um, I'm tired. I feel like there's a lot of exhaustion that sets in at this time of year. But when you think of and give yourself the time to pause and rest and whatever. But I just get the sense that people will really legal week is early this year, right? It's at the end of January and we will be back on that sort of start the year with a that big event again it's about it
1: oh, okay. i know i'm actually i'm actually really excited but
0: i mean lots of conversations about it we'll i guess our our first call of the year our first discussion of the year will be about uh legal week and and all the things that are coming
1: going this year i don't know if i'm definitely coming I have i'm gonna excited. carry
0: on a giant cardboard cutout and just walk around with it
1: <laughs> hey caroline hey ari <laughs> i know i you know you talk about fomo I'm not 100% sure, but I'm almost certain I'll get FOMO near the time. I'll be like, I have to go. I have to go. I'm going to be the only one that's not there. I get FOMO so bad. I'm going to the- do, I'm going to be like. At- I had FOMO uh, about, um, they had the um, technology, legal technology fund uh, yeah. conference did in Miami. I and have a- only
0: heard amazing things about right? it.
1: Right. And that yeah. and that was, I mean, I had such FOMO. I was like, I was looking at all the feedback on, and I spoke to Zach Posner, who's obviously the founder and CEO of, of TLTF. Um and um, it, apparently it was great, and he did some really cool stuff, like really thoughtful things. He they had a women's networking session, and they'd ordered, they found out what people's favorite books were ahead of time. They wrapped them, and then they got them to give the book to somebody else, like swap swap books. It was so thoughtful. Um, wow, what a great really idea. Um, really beautiful, really organized as well. Um, and he had all sorts of they had really cool. Quite different networking um opportunities um which were yeah, I know it seemed and, and everybody was you know had great feedback obviously
0: um I've only heard great things being Miami in december the the whole the whole vibe i understand was just incredible, so uh so next,
1: that. next
0: year well next there year. you well, go
1: next year you and I need to go to Miami,
0: yes, the key will be balancing fud with fomo <laughs> are
1: you gonna are you gonna um so we'll Close up. Am I gonna so, stop talking? Is that what are you gonna see us out with a <laughs> song?
0: Because there was so With good. another, with another it's apparently you couldn't hear it. So I'll just hum it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you everyone for joining us for this last edition of the year 2023 of charting change in legal. Caroline, this has been a highlight of my year, and I'm just I feel so fortunate we got to do this together. So thank you.
1: Oh, thank you. Yes. Likewise, Ari. It's been so, so much fun chatting with you and look forward to next year.